Welcome to Monday Mornings with Michelle, the new business podcast. Whether you're kicking off your day or kickstarting your business, Michelle is going to kick your ass into next week with the essential fours. Strategy, systems, support, and state of mind. Now, welcome to center stage, Michelle Nedelec. Hey there, peeps. This is Michelle Nedelec. I am super glad that you're here with us today. I am here with my most amazing guest. You're going to love him, Jonathan Bengal. Say hello. Hello out there. You're in the house. You're in the house. So Woo-hoo! Jonathan and I met at a JBLG concert. Or concert. <laughs> uh, That's about right. Conference. <laughs> <laughs> and they're kind of like concerts to us when we go and have fun. Hit it off right off the bat. And for those of you who know me, I have very opinionated thoughts about taxes and all the things that are around there. And Jonathan totally concurred with me. And he's got the ability to be able to back it up, which I, of course, don't because I'm not an accountant. So, (laughs) Jonathan, give us a 5,000-foot view who you are and how you got into this crazy business. Yeah, absolutely. So what I'll say first is... um, would you believe me if I told you that Americans, especially small business entrepreneurs, so usually when I talk, by the way, I'm always speaking to small business owners, entrepreneurs, um, but would you believe me that they overpay a billion dollars in unnecessary taxes every single year? Oh, a billion dollars, peeps. And this is actually coming from the General Accounting um, Office, I believe, out of the Internal Revenue Service, one of the divisions there. So this is a recent statistic, which is quite fascinating. But the answer is, is that, yes, we actually overpay by a billion dollars a year in taxes to a government, essentially, that doesn't want our money. Um, so, yep, I'm Jonathan Bengal. I am the founder of JB Financial, my first multi-six-figure company that I created. And I'm also the host of my show called Naked Tax Talk that was born a year ago. And um, I'm also the founder of the, um, the Naked Tax University, which basically we bring together and teach people about taxes and whatnot. And um, I'm also the founder, a co-founder, I should say, of a, pro, of a nonprofit here in town in Phoenix called the Phoenix Renaissance Orchestra that I created almost two and a half years ago with my buddy, um, all because I wanted to play with people. Uh, I'm a violinist, and so I wanted to reconnect with 30-plus-year-olds and uh, just reconnect with music. And so I, I did that. Um, I'm an IRS enrolled agent. And so what that means is that I've got the highest designation ever given out by the Internal Revenue Service. So it's directly given out by them. So it also means that I've had to study extensively on tax law. And I'm also a certified tax coach and a certified tax planner. And what those two things mean is that I'm allowed to essentially, I'm allowed to really help people on a very individual level to truly maximize their tax savings and mitigate and eliminate their tax problems. And that's done through the IRS and being an EA. Um, So yeah, so I'm just trying to think, I had this whole like talk memorized like way back when, right? Like my whole intro and I'm just totally throwing it out the window apparently. Um, (laughs) You're doing awesome. So So, yeah, so yeah. So, oh, but the key point here is, is that today, this is what's important. So, oh, by the way, so my biggest, my biggest claim to fame, quite honestly, is uh, taking clients that are paying hundreds of thousands of dollars normally to the IRS or to the state and reducing that down to the tens of thousands as opposed to the hundreds of thousands. Um, essentially, uh, women entrepreneurs and um, LGBTQ business owners, they hire us as their elite business tax consultants um, because most fear being caught 
they fear the IRS. And so as a result, they underdeduct and they overpay. That tune of a billion bucks, like I just said. And so what we do is we help to unlock the mystery of taxation by having an open conversation about what it is. We unlock the uh, mysteries of loopholes. We uncover legal loopholes. And we do that by basically pointing out the strategies that like Amazon uses where they got back $164 million in, in refunds. And they deferred over 940 something million dollars in taxes to be paid down the road. So that's what we do by when we talk about loopholes. And, uh, and then, of course, we also reveal missed opportunities because the truth is, until one sees how much money was left on the table, I mean, that's the real, the real deal here, is that we wake up and we, we start business. And we don't really understand or pay attention to the tax side of it until it's too late, typically, which is reactionary, which is where a majority of my colleagues sit in, which is the reactionary seat, right? Year end, you bring your taxes, or, I mean, you bring your paperwork, whatever, and then they file the returns. And um, they, most taxpayers, they want us to be miracle workers, but we cannot be miracle workers if we're not being proactive in that life. So in essence, I take my clients, we take our clients, I should say, from sleepless nights, actually worrying about their estimated taxes, worrying about being audited, worrying about being found out to what I would like to call the rhythm of happy financial success. And uh, I've been doing this, like I said, 18 years. And so I'm, I'm, I know a thing or two about taking somebody who's stressed out to, they're like, really? I don't have to pay taxes this year, even though they had been paying for years and years and years. Nice. Now, peeps, we're not talking about tax avoidance at all. And don't get me wrong, I totally get the whole um, social aspect of paying taxes. So a lot of people think that by paying taxes, they're putting that money back into the community and doing good with it. And what you're not realizing is there is so much bureaucracy, red tape, wasted money that way that if you just did your taxes with Jonathan, got them all straightened out and took the extra money, and if you decided to put it all into... Uh, nonprofit organizations or where you want it in the community, putting it into the sports arenas, putting it into the arts, putting it into whatever is important to you that you think the government should have been spending the money on. And then you get another tax receipt back. <laughs> so they give you more money <laughs> for having done that. And you get to put your dollars where you want them in the community so the community still benefits from it. So don't get me wrong. I love heat, electricity. I love government utilities, uh, especially where I live. Mm -hmm. and you don't have to pay taxes that are unnecessary because you're screwing it up and because somebody doesn't know what the tax system is all about. Yeah. I mean, so. that's, that's, I mean, that's one avenue, right? Like if you are what I would call philanthropic and you have this philanthropic desire inside of you, then absolutely you could go and you can create a nonprofit. And um, now key word here is that just because it's a nonprofit does not mean they don't make money. And that's really important because most taxpayers fundamentally believe that somehow nonprofits are poor. And maybe it's because it's been sold that way. But the reality is that the person behind the nonprofit, the directors, your board of members, things of this nature, they are actually getting money out of the deal. The difference is, is how we call it, what we call it, and how we ultimately disperse of this money, basically. And uh, I, I'm not a, a nonprofit specialist, so I can't really talk a whole lot on it, other than to say it is a great vehicle if one is like very uh, philanthropic. 
And it turns out like in business, I remember being asked this question by my very, very sales coach. I mean, my first, not sales coach, my business coach in 2017, his name was William. And he said to me, I have, I have a fundamental question to ask you. And by the way, I'm still developing who I am and what I'm about and, you know, this and that. And uh, this is back when I used to joke and say, I used to give cheap blowjobs on the side of the street, basically. You know what I mean? Like now you got to take me out for dinner. So um, <laughs> in my pricing, right? And all that wood stuff. So he goes, I got to ask you a question. Uh, are you a for-profit organization or are you a non-profit organization? And I remember saying to him, I'm actually a for-profit organization. And he goes, that's great. He goes, so when you file tax returns or you're doing tax planning or you're doing financial work, whatever, he goes, why are we charging nonprofit rates? And it completely clicked on for me because what I realized is just like what I say with people when it, terms, when it comes to investments, like in like their future, right? I always say that when people are cash saturated, that's a term I come up with that basically says that I'm, I have so much money, I don't know what to do with it anymore. And so I can hire my personal bodyguards and then I max that out, right? I can go hire my own police force and max that out, right? So when you've got so much money that you're just throwing it all out there for different things, this is what I call cash saturation. And it's at this point now that I can decide to go, well, let me go form a nonprofit and let me help the people give back to the community that have provided for me. Or I can take the money and I can put it into my retirement for life insurance or Roths or IRAs or whatever else may be for my future. But most taxpayers don't live in that mindset. Most of them are truly struggling like day to day to day. And they're going, okay, I just made a deal. Yay. And then they panic. And then they go, oh shit, I know at the end of the year, Uncle Sam's going to want to collect some money from me, right? Which is why I wrote a book called The ABCs of Deductions, An Entrepreneur's Guide to Tax Write-Offs. And it's a very simple book. I say simple, um, 40 pages long. It's meant to go in your pocket. And the idea there is that you are out there. You made a hundred bucks because you sold something and you're going, but what can I deduct to offset that hundred bucks, Right. Well, you open up my little booklet and you'll read there and you'll see the different types of deductions that can be afforded to you. And next thing you know, you'll have the confidence, which is the first step to getting over our fear of being audited or having to pay more to the government, right? So now you get a little bit of a taste, you get a little bit of confidence. And now we can take that confidence and you can start to make better business decisions right? Which leads ultimately to more money in our cat, in our pocketbooks, believe it or not. And it also means that I just, what you said earlier, I'm getting to control where that money goes. Now take, for example, a tip and just the tip, I promise, is like this. You know, when nonprofits come knocking on my door and they ask me, can you donate to this and this and this cause? I say, no, I cannot do that. I'm sorry. But if you're asking me to sponsor your event, I can do that for you. Now, why is that important to us? Well, for one thing is that if I donate to a charity, right? Uh, number one, um, theoretically, I could put on that donation restrictions, right? I can restrict it to a nonprofit. I could say, you have to use this money for X, Y, and Z. Now, I could do that. The other reason is if I give to charity, I don't get a reduction in my tax bill. I don't, it doesn't actually come off, it, it gets subjected to some, it's not a direct, it's not a deduction for my business. We call this a charitable donation, which is somewhere else, it goes on another schedule. It doesn't impact my business directly. Now, why is this important? Because if I have income, right, I go sell something for a hundred bucks, let's just say, and I donate $50 of it towards the charity of my choice, 
in the eyes of the government, I have $100 still of income. So it's not an expense. It's not a write-off in your business. It's something else. Is that different in Canada than it is in the States? Must be, because... I think so, because my understanding be. of it was that it's, it's uh, um, basically you donate uh, $50 and they give you your taxes back on that. They, you do it on, you take your charitable donations. If you are, again, I'm, my messaging here is to sole proprietors, right? So, oh, yeah, yeah. So it comes, what, they, it, what happens is it goes on your personal income tax return under a Schedule A for itemized deductions. And so it sits over here in a different house. But when you're a business in the States, you have, you file something called a Schedule C, which is a summary of your business activity. But donations is actually not considered a business write-off. Oh, well, then we are going to have to talk more about this because I think it's totally different in Canada and the States. Um, but peeps, if you're looking at setting up a nonprofit organization, listen to the podcast with Christian Lafer, and he'll get all that paperwork done up for you in a matter of months, not years. And uh, you'll be a happy camper about that one. But we're going to move on because I totally want to know more about this um, because absolutely you want it to be a tax write-off in your business and sponsoring a company and an event is a 100% tax write-off. It's a and business expense. And so if I may, so I'm, so I, so one thing is I'm, I am a, I am a tax planner. So that's what we do first. We're proactive tax planners. So we are in the forefront of your tax life, not in the aftermath. And so we always say, you know, we come up with tax strategies, right? That's what we always say is tax strategies. And so sometimes people forget like what a tax strategy is. And one strategy is exactly what I just said. Let's not donate to the charity of your choice. Let's go in and sponsor them a sponsor an activity, sponsor something, right? And then we get to slap our logo all over the place. We get to slap our phone number all over the place. And once we do that, once we pee everywhere, now we get something called advertising. Now that becomes an expense to my company. And now I can reduce my taxes by that deduction. Nice. And now peeps, you know why I love Jonathan so much. <laughs> Not just because he swears. <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> awesome so tell me a bit more about the book and you know what's going on there oh my god okay yeah so like i said you know i uh so i've been part of i joined this the i call it the the marketing speakers authority community if i may um because before then i was just running my own little company you know my my, my first company jb financial and i made my money through referrals that's how it all started right i mean that's the best way to do it. If you're working at a brothel, you want to have, you know, you want to get some good recommendations on who to go see, right? <laughs> so that's kind of what happens in business is you want, to, you want people to talk about you. And so sure enough, I got clients galore that was coming in and it was referral based and that was great. And my averaging client engagement was during tax season. So for us, it's from January through April 15th. And, uh, and you work Monday through Monday, nine to nine. I mean, this is your life. And I grew tired of that, of that existence. Like I said, 18 years I've been doing this, working with CPA firms, myself, you name it. And I said, you know, this has got to be better than this. And so that's really about three years ago when I started stepping into the consulting side of tax life. Whereas it wasn't tax preparation, it wasn't bookkeeping, it wasn't accounting. It was truly being a consultant and looking at someone's future. So when nice. I became part of this community of speakers and authors and everything, the other day, actually, I was running my, I have a magic book. I call it the magic book 
And in my magic book, I doodle, I just doodle randomly. And then as I, I call her my magic book coach, but she's more like a visionary coach. And um, so anyways, I call it my magic book. And I don't know why, but when I just doodle for a little bit, it unlocks the language behind with the doodling, right? And I had realized just recently that I went backwards in the whole system of learning how to do all of this. And what I mean is I met my very first coach who really showed me what is possible once you become an expert in your field, once you truly understand what the hell you're doing, right? And I was like, ooh, yes, I love that and all that, everything that stands for, you know, I'll get my hands dirty with that. And then a few months later, I met my other coach, Iman, who taught me the art of speaking in the sense of what is my story? You know, what is the motivation? What is the inspiration behind what I do? Which is sometimes, depending on the show, I will bring up the fact that I am a child of extreme poverty, where I grew up with my mom and my younger brother living off of just $500 a month. And that means that you don't know where you're living half the time. You don't know what you're eating half the time. Your, your clothing comes from years and years of hand-me-downs. Um, you don't even know what it's like to eat at like fancy restaurants. You, you, you really have no concept other than what your little world is, which is really just extreme poverty. And you don't even know that until you get a little bit older and you look back at that and you're like, oh shit. So I can we were say, broke. <laughs> yeah, like real broke. We were okay. Real broke. I mean, I was, I remember a time I was about 17 ish or so, maybe I was a little bit younger, maybe 16. And I found 25 cents. I was so elated that I found 25 cents because what that meant is that I could go buy an apple for lunch. Aww. That's what that meant to me. And now I can say I'm a multi six figure earner buy my loans and stuff. I created this with, of course, my amazing support staff that supports me. Um, I have now an entire team of 10 people that work with me on all of the marketing and advertising side of my company. Now companies like, I've done all of this, but I've come from nothing. You know what I mean? So why I say that, I don't even know anymore other than to say. Because <laughs> <laughs> it was fun. It was a good story. <laughs> oh yeah, the book. So yeah. uh, needless to say, I am like, I put all this together, right? And in this industry, we're always told like, you, you've got to have like a course and you've got to have people learn from you and you know, do, 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 do. And ironically enough, my dream as a little boy was to be a teacher. That's all I ever wanted to be since I can, since I can remember. In fact, my mother bought me for Christmas. I didn't even know at the time. Now, mind you, Christmas for our family when I was a kid was like the Charlie Brown Christmas tree. All right. So it was typically something that was very ragged, but it was what she could afford, right? Or, or find in the alley. And uh, underneath it were always the same presents every year. It was always a pair of socks. Socks. And underwear. Like it was yeah. always like human. We got socks and underwear too. You know what I mean? Right? Like basic needs. And no. one day there was a chalkboard. And I didn't know at the time, obviously, but it was this big, huge package. It was like this big, huge flat package. It was all wrapped up and it was for me. And I was dying to know, like, what in the world would Santa Claus bring me this year? And sure enough, Christmas came, and I was 12 years old, I think, or younger. Yeah, I was about 12 years old. And I rip open the Christmas present to find a chalkboard, like a traditional blackboard, like back in the day, right? A chalkboard with chalk. And that is when, like, all of a sudden, my cousins hated me because I forced them into being my students and I would play school. And so nice. I would play school with them, like, every weekend. And, you know, and I, so I did this whole thing. I got to, I got to um, university 
And when I graduated, because I graduated high school with full honors, 4.0, you name it, the whole kit and caboodle. And I got to, I got to university and I met a mentor who was a financial advisor. And at that time, he had said to me, I know a lot about you and your background stuff, but like, do you want to be poor your whole life? And it scared me so much that I didn't know what to do. And he had said, well, if you want to be poor your whole life, go continue being a teacher. But if you want to live a lifestyle that you will never regret, work with money. And I was like, what does that mean? So I went and I, I took an accounting class 101 and I completely fell in love with it. Had, I got all A's in it. So of course I changed my major from education to accounting. I would fulfill my dream and, became, and become a teacher in 2010. I got my master's in education and taught for four years. So I taught seventh graders, ninth graders and 12th graders English <laughs> of all things. And uh, I took kids that could barely read, honestly, because they'd give me all the kids that couldn't really read or anything at their grade level. And because of my style of teaching, we, I ended up excelling those kids up to grade level or beyond. And so of course nice. I would be, I would be forced out because I'm just too fabulous and yes. um, that's fine. And so <laughs> now what I realized is that when writing this book, the teacher in me come, came out and said, you know, when I taught, I had to start with the basics, right? You had to start with like grammar, like what the fuck's a comma, right? Like, what does that mean? So it's in a way it came natural to me each time I kept having conversations with my tax planning clients and I had to start with the basics. Well, where's the foundation? Well, the foundation is knowing what the hell you can write off in your business. Mm -hmm. And so in this community, they all said, you've got to come up with the course, right? Come up with like base one. And so I actually wrote down 12 courses on my window a year and a half ago now, wrote them all down. And course number three is ABCs of deductions. Now I had no idea what that was actually going to turn into, but the idea was there. And uh, at that JVology event that you and I met at, I sat down to a woman named Monica Bijou and uh, I saw that she was playing around with something. She was getting ready for her interviews or something. And it sparked curiosity in me. And so I said, what are you doing? And she's like, oh, I'm moving this around, whatever. I don't know why that's important to the story other than when she was done chatting with me. It's like, I got hit with like an invisible lightning rod that just hit me like, boom. And next thing you know it, I don't think I have my journal here. Nope. I have a small little book. And I just started writing the book of ABC. I right there during JVology, I started writing the book. And originally I was going to make it like a list. Like I was going to be like, A is for advertising, section 402, you know, blah, 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 publication, 8930. Like I was going to make it very technical and, you know, do, 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 do. And um, I went home. I looked at the journal entry of the idea, I should say. And I was like, all right, I'll keep doing that. So I went A, B, C, D, going down letters. Then I got to the word M for meals. And I realized that I kept having this theme going on each time I was writing different letters. And eventually what I realized is that when I wrote the M for meals, because what I said is maybe in this case, Auntie Canada or Uncle Sam, they fundamentally understand the importance of saying thank you. And so what they did is they came out to us and they said, you know, we're, we're going to reward you by thanking the people in your life to propel you forward, especially when it comes to your business. So as a result, we would like for you to take people out to dinner, to lunch, to breakfast. We would even like you to take them to a titty bar and buy them booze. Just can't claim the tips to the dancers. But we want, it, you, we want to reward you for saying thank you to the people that support you to help you to make money in this world. 
That's what Uncle Sam's all about. That's what Auntie Canada is all about, I'd imagine. And so- No, as- unfortunately, those rules got changed and you're not allowed to do that anymore. <laughs> Oh. Well, you, you, and you can only claim half of the food and you can't claim any alcohol and wah, wah, wah. Oh, see, so, Auntie, she's much, more aggressive. Yeah, right. well, at least Uncle Sam's a little bit more on the loosey-goosey side of it. <laughs> but you're right. We cannot deduct the tips to the dancers, right? Because that's entertainment. But I can sure deduct the booze and I can deduct the hot dogs or whatever else we want to eat that day, right? But this is Uncle Sam. Like, he fundamentally wants us to do this. And so when I wrote it that way, I went, son of a bitch, that is amazing. Of course, toot my own horn. Of course you and are. And so I went back and I rewrote the entire book. I went back to all the letters and I rewrote <laughs> them in story format so that, you know, you could read them. And like I just said right now, Uncle Sam, and I explained like the reasoning, like the why. Because what I came to understand when I created Naked Tax Talk a year ago, uh, my logo here, Bear Down to the Naked Truth About Our Taxes. The way we get there is by openly talking about who we are as a person, which then leads into our business which then leads into our cash. Like this is the reality, right? And so if I could tap into the messaging that the government wants us to be successful as business owners, then he wants us personally to benefit from it, even though we legally can't say that, but that's really what's happening. And the second component is because he ultimately wants us to make more money. Because in his eyes, when we make money, honeys, we turn around and we take the extra cash and we go, where do I put this, right? Where do I invest it? Which is really a business expense. Where do I invest it? Oh, I will go take Michelle out when I go hang out with her in Canada and we talk about business, right? Uncle Sam's going to go, oh, you're going to go over there for the potential of doing business? You have a business reason why you're going to go see Michelle? Hell yeah. Hell yeah, because we're going to map out an awesome, possum live video cast together. Like hell to the double yeah, right? And Absolutely. so he's like, Cool. So because you're doing that, you're going to be able to take out your traveling costs, like your airplane tickets and your hotel and your Ubers and your lifts and your taxi and your meals. And as I always say, limitations do apply. But the point is, is that not very many when you're traveling. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) So the dealio is that Uncle Sam is always looking out for us business owners. I mean, look at Amazon. A billion dollar, triple billion dollar company gets the money back. And not only that, though, but they actually paid less in taxes in the future. So I decided every entrepreneur, they have one fear, and that is the fear of being caught, the fear of being exposed, right? Their fear of the tax agency coming to them and saying, open up your books, let me take a look. That's equivalent to them coming to you and stripping your clothes off of you. It's the same feeling right? Like no one knows about my side rolls except for me in the mirror and the people I sleep with. But and the that, IRS. Though, <laughs> you know, they don't know, right? So it's, it's, that's the sensation that we get is that it's that, as they're looking at us naked and they don't, it's like, oh my God, right? Well, yeah, it's people that aren't even doing anything wrong. It's just like, you just don't want to get caught in, <laughs> caught in the bathroom. That's, that's all, it. I mean, all it, it is. it's an unjustified fear. And so, like I said earlier, we overcome that fear by starting to work on having the confidence to know that, you know, yeah, motherfuckers, come on, come on and audit me because I've got my shit in order. I've got my I's dotted, my T's crossed. And let's be real. Most business owners are lazy as shit. I know so because I work with a lot of them and they come to us. And then after they're done working with us, they're like, this is so easy. But the truth is it's, it takes a lot of work. I mean, you know, you got to put in some effort. But I guess the saying goes, if we put in the effort now, and we get caught with our pants down, 
at least they won't take our underwear off, right? Whereas right. if we don't put in the work now and they go to pull off our pants, well, they're also going to be able to take out my underwear. So it starts with a book. Nice. I love it. <laughs> um, silly question for you. Are you um, nationwide? Like, can anybody come and, and work with you? Yeah, I totally forgot to say that. Yes. So because I'm an IRS enrolled agent, an EA is the initials, um, I'm technically borderless. So anybody who has a, 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 an engagement in the United States that generates income in the United States, I have the authority to represent you before the government, which also means, which basically means I file tax returns for you. I can handle compliance work for you, you know, that kind of stuff. So the answer is yes. Nice. I love it. Mm -hmm. Yes. Everything, you are one of the, uh, one of the first accounts that I've ever met that one does strategy meetings with their clients and says, hey, this is how this works and this is what you should be doing. Second of all, helping them to get as much write-offs as possible, which to me is absolutely ridiculous why you wouldn't do that. Um, yeah. Just yeah. Uh, do it case- and- and you're fabulous. <laughs> Thank you. Well, I mean, I'll give you an idea. Like, I'm all about helping people eat their cake or having their cake and eating it too, right? Like, that's, the, that's a total, like, boner situation, right, you could ever get into. So I recently just worked with a, another uh, a, a potential client of ours, and we basically, they basically applied for this. We call, so we have something called an elite tax planning strategy assessment. So it's an, elite, it's an elite tax savings assessment, basically. And it's a flat fee that you pay us. And then we go and we basically project out your tax. And then we come up with a few basic strategies that you can employ right now today to get back that 2,500 bucks that you would have just have invested with us. Just gave you my price point. So needless to say, that's what happened, right? So we got to work. And that's when we asked the question, right? Like, so what, tell me a little bit, like, what are, your, what are your wants, your desires, and your dreams? And so this is exactly what happens. They said, well, we're living in another state, but we moved here to this state, and we, we're living in this current house. It's actually a rental property, and we're living in it. And um, not permanently at the moment, but we want to know if we should, and then how do we sell that? Because we need $1.7 million so that we can go buy our dream, our dream home. I said, fantastic. So I made no take that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, that's right. Mm-hmm. Then, okay, great. So here's the, here's the assessment fee. Boom, boom, boom. Pay up. We hang up and go to work, right? So I start digging around like a rat looking through all like the different things they have. Like, oh, I got this. I got that. Like, that's when I go crazy behind the scenes, right? And what I discovered, are you ready? Based on the information that they provided to us in advance of this meeting and during the meeting, we estimated their taxes were going to be $316,000. They were going to have oh. to cough up to, the uncle, to Uncle Sam and to the state. Say that number again. $316,000. Holy shite. Yeah. And I think I put another 30% on that, about $600,000 in Canadian dollars, something like that. Uh, yeah. Taxes. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. So, yeah. So, they, so right. So, they, okay. I, I'm already getting heart palpitations just like thinking about that. Did you know $316,000 people? Does Amazon pay that much in taxes? <laughs> they don't. So, <laughs> right? Like, you know, come on, so, people. Now, one thing's really important here in the moral of the story in this particular case is that many taxpayers believe that they know it better than, you, than we do as experts. I mean, that's just the reality. Let's be truthful here. And because of that, they don't understand that they're about to step into a whole lot of poo-poo, $316,000 worth of poo-poo in this particular case. 
right? Mm. But I do know something. Out of poop comes flowers, right? <laughs> out of cow mushroom. shit comes our, <laughs> comes our food that we eat on our plate. This is the reality, right? Unless you get Ebola or something like Seminella or something like that. But I digress. So the point about this is we strategized. We came up with a plan that would have allowed this client to sell their home, their primary one, take the one they're living in right now, continue to use it as a rental property to themselves, which by the way, you have to go through very specific rules to do this. So if you're listening to my show right now, please don't go out there and try to re-rent your house to yourself because that is not allowed. There's very specific strategies that allow this. So by allowing them to rent to themselves, all right, from their own rental property, they're gonna then turn around and sell it at some point down the road in the next few months. By doing this strategy, we were going to save them $159,794 in taxes. Nice. That's like half a nice house. That's several cars. That's like, you name it. You know what I mean? That's a tuition. That's your four-year program at university, right? Like, this is what we were going to literally overnight. That's it a lot wasn't- of prostitutes. <laughs> And a lot of prostitutes. I mean, plenty of them. Like, like, and probably good ones too, like not the cheap ones, right? Like the ones you got to take out and wine dine first. So the point about this is that that's what we do as strategists, right? So we, then we turn around and we say, here's, here's what we're proposing. We're going to save you $159,000 and you're going to invest with us X amount of dollars for this particular plan to unlock it. So of course, when they move forward and they say, yes, please, I'm also indicating to them that you're going to have your cake and you get to eat it too. It's a total win-win. And here's the beautiful thing. When all this is said and done, you're going to have enough cash so that you can apply, apply it towards that dream home that you want for that $1.7 million that you need. Nice. That's that is the, a great Cinderella story. That's what we do. That's awesome. So let me ask you this. At what point did you know that you were that special kind of crazy enough to think that you could become a successful entrepreneur? um you know this is it's it's a this is what i mean by personal development right this is a personal development question the truth of the matter is is that i never i never thought anything was possible um again when you come from extreme poverty like i do all all you can think of is like wow like that's out there you know, like, for example, I'm a big Francophile. So, je parle français. C'est mon deuxième langue. Et donc, je peux parler avec, euh, bon, bien sûr, les Françaises, les Canadiens, les Canadiens Françaises, voilà, les Québécois. Et pour moi, ce n'était pas le problème. Je peux parler euh, de deux langues ensemble, la même fois. And so, I just loved everything. As a little boy, I loved everything French. I love your accent, by the way. Thank you. <laughs> awesome accent. <laughs> and I... I didn't think it was possible. I remember like in my, okay, so first things first, I was a journaler. I wrote in my life, about my life every day at the age of 14. And every day of my life was recorded until I was think 26 or 20, I can't remember which year I stopped writing. And then just like all the great scholars in the world, like Jesus and all the rest, there's this gap of time where there's no recorded history until you get into my late 30s. And now you can, now you're going to re-see the, you, now in the future, they're going to re-see a new insurgence of new material coming out of me, right? So essentially what happens is at the age of 14 around there, I would write in my journal, someday you'll be somebody. 
don't give up, Jonathan. Like I had a pep talk myself because unfortunately my mother, she didn't have the tools to really be the supportive parent that one can be. Now, granted, she never said negative things to me, like you're stupid, you're dumb, you know, things of that nature. No, she would use God on the other hand to say things like, you know, God expects you to be X, Y, and Z, and God demands that you, right, this was her. And she would physically abuse us every day. You know, we got 10 whippings a day at minimum. And it could be for random things, for not picking up socks in the living room, to not doing your homework on time. There was always an excuse behind why we were disciplined. And now, granted, I've, I don't, I'm not angry with my mom. I don't hold her like, I'm not like, fuck you, mother. Like, I'm not like that, right? I'm just more like, it is what it is. Meh. <laughs> it is what it is, right? So uh, needless to say, so I would write in my journal all the time to myself. You got this, Jonathan. You got that this. You're going to be somebody. Cute. And that's what I would do. So I never imagined, to this day, sometimes it's hard to conceptualize what is happening. So it reminds me of when I walked the Camino de Santiago. And by the way, I'm doing a show on mine right now. I'm doing different chapters of my, of my walk and I'm bringing it back because this was the month we walked. And it reminds me about being on the Camino, which is our human existence. We don't know where we're at in the moment, in the present moment, unless we're using awareness and mindfulness. Otherwise, we're just kind of like ships sailing in an open, in an open ocean with no compass, no navigator, nothing. We're just like, this is what we do, right? We might have a general idea of where we want to go, but we don't have a tax planner in the boat. It's just saying. <laughs> and so... Um, I, again, I just had a hard time conceptualizing this. When I hit my first $200,000 in gross revenue, I remember being in the shower and I was so upset with myself because my boss, myself, um, is such a cheap bastard, right? Like he doesn't pay me very much, cheap fucker. He wants me to work overtime. He expects me to pimp myself out all the time. Like I'm supposed to answer the phones and answer emails and get on shows. Like this is what he demands of me. And he doesn't pay me very much. And uh, I was a little pissed. I was like, fucker, man, I can't pay him very much. You know, what's up with that? And I was actually starting to beat myself up because this isn't, this isn't what we do as human condition. We beat ourselves up. And all of a sudden, because this is what I do really well, which is I don't live in negativity very long. I tend to spin it and then make it a positive. Nice. And what I started realizing was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Okay, so your boss barely paid you a barely a livable wage, right? But- Jonathan, don't you realize that you've created a company that just surpassed $200,000 in gross sales? It's because of JB Financial, which is my first company, that allowed me to travel the world. It's allowed me to meet fabulous people like you. It's allowed me to invest in my health, like having healthcare insurance and stuff like that. It's allowed me to hire staff that work and do the job for me so I can be cute and just show up on TV. Like, this is ultimately my dream that is really, truly coming true. And so I really believe it's like you've got to be in the present moment. And like I always say, you look at the past, but not to dwell on it, not to regret it, not to be like, oh, the would the should and the could It's more about like, oh, shit, damn. I came from there and I'm now badass right here. And then the future is not meant to be, oh, my God, oh, my God, what's coming up? Like, oh, my God, right? It's supposed to be, yeah, sons of bitches, I can't wait until I get to the next decade, right? I can't wait till I get to the next spot, right? Because that is the purpose, I believe, anyways, of our human existence. It's about looking at the past, having no regrets about it. Because I've been told time and time again by universe that every decision we've ever made in our life has never been for the wrong. It's always been for the right. 
no matter how you cut that cookie up, right? And then I've heard the stories about like, you were meant to go down that pathway. And there's something magical about that because you know what that is? It's what? called responsibility and ownership. It's about you stepping into your own damn shoes and saying, yes, right, motherfuckers. That was my life. Those were my conditions. Those were my parents, my brothers, my life. Blah, 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 blah. And we take ownership of it. And we claim it as ours, not by somebody else because they wrote it that way, because they expected it to be a certain way, right? And by us being ourselves, authentically who we are, no matter if I'm here talking to you or if I'm at home or if I'm at the movies or whatever, it's about being who I am and owning my story, owning my past and going, yeah, that's it, buddies. And then in the moment, it's about just being free and honest. You know, elderly people tend to be confused about my show, the Naked Tax Talk, my Naked Tax Talk show. And they always are very concerned. JB, you know, I wouldn't be showing up on your show naked. You know, it sends the wrong signal. You want to work with really rich people. They're not going to work with you if you show up naked. You know, that's just not how they react. Well, Here's what I'll say. To be naked, I'm totally going to have to put explicit on this episode. <laughs> to, be, to be naked with somebody simply means that I'm cultivating courage. Absolutely. You know, when you are truly you, you are stepping out of drag. You're stepping out of all the bullshit that we place around ourselves. And we are stepping into who we are as a person and accepting it. And if the people who don't want to work with us, good, plain and simple. If they cannot accept this brilliance and my nips, if they can't accept it, <laughs> then go somewhere else. You are so fabulously authentic. And I, it reminds me of Ru, my favorite quote from RuPaul is, we're all born naked and the rest is just drag. And yep. I love that. It's so true. And you are so fabulous. <laughs> Yeah, thank you. Absolutely love your authenticity. It's awesome. Yeah. yeah, I don't get confused. I mean, I'm professional. I wear I wear a nice shirt during regular meetings, but you know, from a marketing standpoint, uh, I don't know. You get me pretty confused. I think you might get me to go into the other side there. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, this is this is what this is what you know. When you ask, like, did you you know, did you think it was possible? And I and I still find myself going. The other day. I have 10 freaking people that work with me behind the ABCs of deductions, behind Naked Tax Talk, behind JB Financial. 10 people alone make up my marketing team. I never, like, literally a few days ago, I was like blown away with that concept because I didn't even recognize it in the moment. Like that. It's like that. Like I got my business coach saying, you got to do landing pages. You got to do off, op in, you got to do offers. You got to do this. You got to do that. And I'm like, ah, but what am I paying all these people for? And then I realized, oh yeah, I have the social media contact, which develops the relationship. I've got the landing page people. I've got the opt-in offer people. And then I've got my signature programs, which by the way, I'm super duper excited because for a year I've been struggling with what this means in sales. And someone like me, who already has an established business, it's really difficult to figure out, right? And so I discovered that I do have, so I actually have two offers. I technically have my elite tax savings assessment. That's the really get to know us. 
And then I have what I call my signature program, which is the ultimate proactive tax plan, which is the one that unlocks, like I said, an average of over $100,000 in tax savings. So this is a big program that comes with a lot more bells and whistles, whereas my, opt, my, my, uh, my uh, preliminary offer, the assessment, is really that. It's an assessment. That's how I rock and roll, babe. And you rock. <laughs> you're awesome cool so if people want to get a hold of you they want to get a hold of the book where do they go please do okay so this is the easiest for this particular platform um so yes you can find my show naked tax talk on youtube by the way i am looking for subscribers because i gotta get to the magic 100 so i can have my own private url so of course if you peeps would love to help support that i would be so appreciative but anyway so you can just type in naked tax talk in YouTube, you'll find it there. You can subscribe and hit the alert button. Uh, you can find us on Facebook um, as well. We have a Facebook page on there, Naked Tax Talk. You can even find me personally, Jonathan Bengal, E-A. Um, and that's, it's even though it's my private page, it's actually turned into my public figure page. And so everything I post is typically public. And so people, I believe, can just follow. They don't have to actually friend me. Um, if, they if they don't want to, they could, I suppose. I have room. I have room on my friends list, <laughs> the same. And, um, and then where else? Oh, yeah. So last but not least, there's two things. They can send a text. So check this out. First things first. I have an employee. His name is Sensor. Sensorbot. He's this, he's this like devilish little dude that joined my team about a year ago. And he works only online. That's his old platform. So his name is Sensorbot. And he will take your information, but what he likes to do, this is his thing, is he wants to give you a, a virtual spa experience to help you find out what type of tax personality you are as it relates to your tax life. And so at the end of your spa experience, depending on how you answer the questions, will determine what kind of bathrobe he's going to give you so that you can continue to enjoy your stay. And so you will find out if you show up naked as it relates to your taxes, you'll show up either with a fluffy bathrobe for your taxes, or he might give you a utility bathrobe, or you might just say, I don't want any of those three options. I'd rather bring my own bathrobe. And each of these types of personality types as it relates to the bathrobe impacts your tax life. And so once you meet Sensor, you go through the end of the quiz, and, uh, and then after that, you will get a PDF called um, uh, Mitigating Audit Risk. And it's a cute little two-page PDF document that, again, I do my, what I do best is I, oh, I simplify things that are normally very complex and just give you some highlights of why people get audited. And then I have a checklist. You know, did I do this? Did I do that? And that's what you get when you meet SensorBot at the end of completing the quiz. Now, the other thing you can do, so that's you're going to text Let's get naked. So let's get naked, all one word. Let's get naked to 555-888. Now, if they want to join my launch team, now the deadline's coming up, so I don't know if we're going to air this, but our, our official launch date is in two weeks. It's the official launch date. So if they'd like to be part of the launch team, what I'm doing for my launch team, and by the way, I should define this because a lot of people out there may not know what that is because I, I, I was reminded of this. So a launch team basically says, I'll buy your book at a specific date and time, typically 99 cents. Uh, as a reward for signing up as the launch team, I'm going to give you the book for free, like except for the 99 cents. But um, I'm going to give you access to the book in advance before the public gets to it. 
So then you're going to read it. And then all I ask is for, of course, to buy it at a certain time and date, and then leave me a review as well after you've read it. And, and of course, the nice thing about it is once you've read the book, it really will open up to overnight savings. Quite literally, you can begin to implement. So this is what's going to happen with my launch team. So if you want to be part of that, you can text under the cover, all one word, under the cover to 555-888. Um, and then last but not least, if they'd like to send an email, then they just go, let's get naked at nakedtaxtalk.com. And, um, and that's, how that, that's another way they can hook up with me. That is awesome. I love it. So guys, uh, if you're driving around and you don't have access to that right now, you can go to awarenessstrategies.com slash blog, and we will have all Jonathan's information there. Of course, you can type in naked, and I'm pretty sure nobody else will <laughs> up on there than him. You'll be pretty safe on that one, and taxes and all that kind of fun stuff. So that is awesome. You can get all that information there. And of course, everybody watching on YouTube, I'll have it up. So yeah. We're golden. We got you. Um, I did forget to mention mm -hmm. that um, if they also complete, if they also sign up with SensorBot, um, I am offering free. I'm not rephrase this. Not free. Not, nothing is ever free in this life. Let's be real. I actually am gifting half an hour of my time to anyone who does this and have, a, have basically what I call a discovery, meaning an open conversation about their tax life. And, uh, and see what I can do to help you with it. So. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. Thank you. Yep. And uh, that's a, and I know for a fact, but that's a $250 value right there for that half hour of time. Absolutely. Well, it's worth a whole lot more than that guys. Cause I can guarantee that Jonathan can get money out of your accounting that you're not finding. Yes. Guarantee it. <laughs> yes. I, I know you all well enough. I've been through your books. I, I know. <laughs> I haven't been under the sheet with them yet, but I am. <laughs> I mean, it's almost, I mean, it's yeah. almost like that, right? Like it's almost like that. It really is. Yeah. Nice. Cool. So any last parting words you'd like to share with our peeps? Other than, other than what I can say is, is what I know, what I know is true for me as an entrepreneur is that the reason why I finally have financial security in my life personally and why I believe I have achieved a lot of personal happiness is a result of me making better business decisions, which came from me understanding my most simplest of write-offs and tax deductions, which helped me to alleviate that fear of being caught. And so because of that, I can remove that fear and I can shine bright just like everyone else can shine bright. Because the truth is, is that without fear, we can be naked without any worries in the world and truly be authentically ourselves, which also means my business will be just as naked and just as successful. Nice. What a great way to take on the week. So awesome. Thank you, Jonathan, so much. And this is Michelle Nedelec. Thank you for being with us here today. If you know anyone who would make a great guest for the show, or if you have a question or topic you'd like me to discuss, reach out at michelle at awarenessstrategies.com or connect with me on LinkedIn or Facebook. I'd love to hear from you. Thank you for listening to our show. I am all about being a resource center for entrepreneurs to give them the information and the support they need to make it in business. As such, I have Taking Your Business Digital Q&A every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Mountain. To register for that, go to awarenessstrategies.com slash digital. That's D-I-G-I-T-A-L. I look forward to meeting you and actually finding out how you are. So see you on the flip side.